Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Beer and Biceps podcast. Uh, today's episode we will be looking, say we, it's me on my own, um, I will be looking at the worst exercises to do in the gym. Uh, this is actually the penultimate episode of series two. Um, not that it actually means anything because uh, the way I've been doing series so far has been all over the place with massive year-long gaps in between episodes. Uh, but the thing was, the first series, the first 20 episodes plus the bonus episode were done with me and Todd together when I was living in Harrow and Watford. And then the most recent, so these 19 episodes, um, have all been done in Nottingham. So for me, there's a sort of gap in between the two because the first 20, one were with Todd and near London, in and around London. Um, the next 20 have been in Nottingham, um, which is why I probably sound different and all that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I thought I'd finish the series with the with next episode which is going to be a look back on the 10 best 10 best beers of season two um and it won't make any difference because i'll start season three the episode after uh the week after and yeah so to be honest i didn't really need to tell you any of this um but yeah i just thought uh this is the 40th episode of the beer and biceps podcast altogether um we're getting very close well, yeah, we, because Todd was there for a lot of it. Um, we're getting very close to having 5,000 total listeners, which for a established podcast would be absolutely terrible. But for me, I'm really pleased with that. It means that we're sort of averaging, what, uh, 100 listeners an episode? Is that right? Yeah, 100, uh, 100 and something episodes per um, listeners per episode. So I'm actually really pleased with that. Um, there's been a huge increase recently um which i put down to actually having a uh, weekly podcast instead of a podcast which has um, was well when we started off it was monthly and then it was almost yearly per episode so yeah it's been a good um good way of getting sort of regular with it and um as you can imagine that was mostly caused by spite because most of the things i do are caused by spite so there was um a guy who emailed me asking if um he really liked the name of my podcast and he wanted to use the same name for his podcast, which I told him was a very, very stupid idea. Um, why? Because whilst my podcast isn't big, if you type Beer and Biceps podcast into Google, you're going to get my podcast. So why would you want to name your exact same podcast the same name? Because even though you'll be, even it, and I think he will be more successful, he's, um, yeah, James Haskell on it. It's, it's a good podcast. But, you know, don't listen to it because of the spite. <laughs> um, no, but I, I don't understand. He, so he chose it. It was beer and biceps and something else. But, yeah, so that sort of got me thinking that I didn't really want to lose being the number one podcast called Beer and Biceps out of two. Um, so I've decided, I have decided to become much more regular with it. Um, yeah, so spite really does help. Right, um, yeah, so next week I'll be looking at the 10 best beers of season two. Um, there's no need to wait to hear the worst beer out of all time on the Beer and Biceps podcast because um, we've already gone through that. That was Barbell Brew by Muscle Food. was the absolute worst beer I've ever tasted in my entire life. I will never taste a beer as bad as that beer. Yeah. <laughs> it was just horrific. It was protein beer, basically. Um, so it, 
it was just horrible, just awful. In fact, I might even try and get Todd to do a podcast with me where we talk about our worst beers, but I know for a fact that that'll be the worst beer for both of us. Just horrific. But anyway, I'm four minutes in, I haven't even started talking about the exercises yet. So, I'm a big believer that most exercises are good. So this list is actually quite short. Like I know you get loads of fitness experts who are um, anti-burpee, or they, you know, they hate on mountain climbs or they hate on this and they hate on that there's not that many exercises i do hate this is more and, and and a lot of the exercises on this aren't even that bad it's just um either there are better alternatives or the exercise or workout style that you are using is not conducive to a busy gym um now i'm doing this podcast on 21st of february so I can't even really remember what a busy gym looked like, but there will be a time in our lives when busy gyms exist again, and yeah, there will be knobheads who are doing certain exercises in those gyms that annoy the hell out of me. Like I, I always talk about gyms aren't really as um, judgy as people think, and I, I, I do think that's true. Most of the time, people are quite caught up in their own workouts, focusing on themselves, worrying about themselves talking to friends or just perving like yeah i, I can't lie there's there's perving <laughs> there's not much else to do really um but anyway yeah when people do certain exercises then i do judge them um none of these exercises are really um me judging them because you know the, this poor person doesn't know what they're doing or something like that. it's more judging some like you're being a knobhead here uh, right, so number one exercise on this list, or the first one, is the adductor-abductor machine. Um, there are legitimate reasons to use this machine, I guess, but it's so such a specific exercise for such very tiny muscles. The adductors and abductors are the muscles um, on the inside and outside of your thigh that help you squeeze your legs together or bring them far apart. So... Um, they're nicknamed by some people the good girl, naughty girl machine, um, which is quite, that That always irritates me as a name, but it's a pretty damn accurate one, really. Um, there's not really much need for this exercise. Um, half the people who use it, I feel, are doing it tongue-in-cheek, and... Almost everyone who uses it is going to get objectified by blokes. Um, just it's just how men are wired. <laughs> Don't use that machine. Um, if you want to use, if you want to work those muscles legitimately, then doing a lateral lunge is a great way of doing it. Even regular lunges will work them a bit, but with a big wide step out. Um, but yeah, lateral lunges are great. Regular squats. Um, there's lots of things you can do which works the adductors, how they're supposed to be worked, which is alongside the other muscles in your legs. These are not muscles that really benefit from being isolated like they they are in the adductor abductor, the adductor abductor machine. Um, so just avoid it. Um, it's not a great machine. It's a waste of time. It takes up so much space. Um, and I once gave myself the only real gym injury I ever got was from using that for a laugh and. I tried to do too heavy a weight, succeeded, um, and then the next day I, well, I couldn't spread my legs, so, you know, <laughs> I was the good girl for a while. <laughs> um, exercise number two on this list is wrist curls. Um, 
these aren't a terrible exercise. I'm sure there are there are scenarios when they could be useful. Like if you've been training your arms for years and the only bit that's um, letting you down is a bit of your forearm, I guess. But 90, 90% of gym goers do not need to be doing wrist curls. Again, it's an isolation exercise that um, targets a very, very small, very specific muscle. And I cannot tell you the amount of times I've seen a massively overweight or a ridiculously skinny guy doing wrist curls. And I'm like, why is, you know, you're in the gym for an hour, maybe three times a week. Why are you dedicating a quarter of your session to the smallest muscle group in your body? Like if you're trying to gain weight, then you need to be focusing on big compound movements that will target the bigger muscles and help you gain strength. If you're trying to lose weight, then you need to, well, target the compound, you know, do compound movements to target the biggest muscles so you burn more calories. Wrist curls are not in any of that. There are a luxury exercise for guys who are already in insane shape and who turn up to the gym every single day. Um, you could get just as good forearm work from hammer curls, which also work the biceps, or from shrugs, which also work the traps, or from farmer's walks, which also work the um, abs and burn calories. There's just better ways of doing it, and it just... I don't... Oh, I know, I do judge. I'm... I'm a flawed man. I judge people for wrist curls. Um, right. Exercise number three is the kettlebell deadlift into an upright row. I don't know. No, I do know why this exercise was created. It's like a natural progression from a kettlebell deadlift. Um, an upright row is where you grab hold of a weight and then pull it upwards, bringing your elbows up into the air. Um, it's kind of hard to demonstrate on a podcast, I'll be honest. Um but this exercise combines the two. Um, the upright row is quite a controversial exercise for the... It's mainly there to work the uh, trap muscles um, and also a little bit your shoulders. Um, but the the problem that a lot of people had, uh, a lot of physios had with it, was um, the angle that you had to perform the exercise at could lead to a lot of shoulder problems. Um, it could also lead to wrist problems um so it's not it wasn't a great exercise um when but and most people did it with an easy curl bar um using the narrow setting so i sort of always used to absolutely hate upright rows the regular type um especially the ones with um a barbell i thought those were really bad um but uh i learned that you could do this the upright row well with dumbbells because you could perform the exercise, work the right muscles, but you weren't. Um, but you could do it without putting your shoulder into bother because you could bring your arms out wider to do it, and it put less stress on the shoulder. So we found a way of doing an upright row which didn't damage your shoulder. And then the kettlebell deadlift comes along, and because it's such a narrow handle, it puts you right back into that shoulder pain issue, and it's going to cause a lot of injuries. And it's a stupid exercise because... For deadlifts, you're supposed to be lifting a weight that is very heavy. I mean, granted, kettlebell deadlifts aren't quite the same thing. It's more about technique, but it's still, you need it to be very heavy. And upright rows, you need a weight to be pretty damn light. So you're not going to find a weight that is good for deadlifts and good for upright rows at the same time because they're 
two very different exercises which require completely different loads. So it's stupid from that point of view. It's kind of dangerous, although I don't want to like overdo it. You could do this exercise and not get injured, um, and most people will. But there is more of an injury risk than there is a benefit, as far as I'm concerned. And they're just two exercises that don't don't go well together. It's I think it's very stupid, and I don't like it. Um, luckily, you re- very rarely see it. Um, but when I do, I hate the person or the trainer that's teaching the person to do it. Next exercise is actually a fantastic exercise that I love, and I always stick into programs. Um, it just doesn't work in a crowded gym, and it's the walking lunge. Picture the scene. You're in a gym. It's crowded with people. It's a Monday at 5pm pre-coronavirus. Everyone's in there. And then you've got a guy walking around the gym, carrying a dumbbell in each hand, just knocking people out of the way. It is a stupid exercise to do in a crowded gym. Yet it is so often performed in a gym. And also, what normally it's done by large groups of guys. Well, I say large. For a gym large, you know, three people I think is a crowd in a gym. Um, And what they do is they sort of like, they clear out a space to do it in, but... It's not obvious to anyone except themselves that they've cleared this space. So people will walk in it and they'll be like, move out of the way, like you're getting in my way. But nobody's going to know that because, you, you know, nobody's expecting you to be doing it. So you get loads of collisions, you get loads of near misses and you get a lot of bother. Um, all because you can't change your exercise to do static lunges or split squats or step ups or... Go outside and do the walking lunges. Literally do them anywhere that's not a crowded gym. So, yeah. (laughs) I worry about how annoyed I'm getting about a theoretical exercise from a gym in a time period which probably won't happen for months and months. Okay, but on that subject of exercises I actually enjoy but there's a time and a place is the next one, which is any form of ladder. Now, a ladder is I'll do an example with um, a barbell uh, yeah we'll do bar- barbell bicep curl so no actually I'll do it with dumbbells it's easier to visualize right so the idea is a ladder is you start with a heavy weight so let's say 20 kilogram dumbbells and you curl as many reps as you can doing your bicep curls until you can't do a single rep more then you immediately drop the weight down to 18 kilograms or 16 or something like that and keep going, no rest. You keep like pounding out those reps. When you can't do any more with that, you drop the weight again and again and again and you go all the way. Some Sometimes you can go all the way down in multiples of twos until you're hitting two kilogram weights and you're doing like uh, ridiculous bicep curls. Um, and it's a really good... Um, trick for hypertrophy it's quite fun to do i still love doing it with clients but it requires a lot of weights um if you're doing dumbbell bicep curls from 20 kg you're going to need a set of 20 kilogram dumbbells a set of 18s a set of 16s 14s 12s 10s 8s 6s 4s and 2s so that's 20 separate dumbbells um and people do this in a crowded gym they will reserve basically half of the weights and they'll do it in a group of three and they'll just do it. And it's just, 
It's a fun exercise to do, but you could do pretty much the exact same thing without actually changing the weight or by lowering the weights by more. So instead of doing, you know, as many reps you can at 20 and then dropping down to 18, you could do as many reps as you want at 20 and then drop it down to 10. That way you're only using four separate dumbbells instead of 20. But yeah, it, it's just it's just not practical to do. It takes up so much space. It means a lot of dumbbells sitting on the floor, especially when people are dropping them, which is trip hazards. It ruins my walking lunges. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you're doing ladders and the gym's busy, have a word with yourself. Uh, the final exercise slash workout is kind of a continuation from ladders. Um, it's circuit training. But it can be done well. Um, it all depends on how much space you're taking up, um, how much equipment you're using. Um, I think my problem with circuit training is when people take up like corners of the gym, and because they, they always feel like they need more space than they do. Like you see equipment laid out with quite large spaces in between, but. If it's just you doing the circuit or just you and one other person, you just need the same amount of space and you just bring the equipment to you. So you could do like um, supersets or giant sets where you've just got two or three exercises in a row. I think those are fine. Not only are they fine, they're an intelligent way of training in a busy gym. Having circuits of 15 different exercises and there's six of you and it takes up 25% of the gym is a dick move and yeah don't do it also I, I sort of feel that most people when they're doing these circuits they're quite poorly planned out they're, they're usually overkill and it means that your form slips and you're more likely to get injured and there's not as much benefit to doing that way um, I think to be honest the majority of people in the gym would do absolutely fine with just a regular three sets of ten um, hypertrophy program uh, I know that's controversial and shooting myself in the foot as an online coach of exercise programs. But yeah, I think most people could do fine with just a regular workout. You know, boring is the right way to go with this. Um, so on the words of wisdom, let's talk about the beer. Um, I went for a stout today because I feel like I've been drinking a lot of... Um, lagers and IPAs and pale ales and stuff like that recently and wanted to get back to stouts. Uh, so I went with um, it's Midnight Maverick by Siren. Uh, this is a nitro oatmeal milk stout. Um, I'll be honest with you, I'm not the greatest um, mind when it comes to stouts. I know that you can get oatmeal stouts. I know you can get milk stouts. I did not know you could get oatmeal milk stouts. I don't know if that is half of oatmeal stout and half of milk stout mixed. I don't know if it's oatmeal milk stout. Um, yeah. What I did notice was they'd added the word nitro, which means that they have um, added nitro, I think, is it nitrous oxide? To the beer, which makes for a smoother beer. Um, I also thought that it was supposed to give it a better head. Um, it has not done that. Um, it had a pretty terrible head, actually. But it is very smooth. Um, so I'm going to have a sip now. Yeah, I really like it. Um, 
I picked it out of four stouts that I had lined up uh, because it was the lowest alcohol because I found that the stronger the alcohol, the worse the um, podcast write-up goes because I'm just pissed. Um, so I went for this one and it's uh, 4.2%. Uh, what are you supposed to be able to taste? No, nope, doesn't say, which doesn't help me because my palate is rubbish. Um but yeah, it's very smooth. It's um, you can definitely sort of smell the oatmeal sort of taste. Like, I'm not saying that an oatmeal stout tastes of oatmeal. So, I mean, I think oatmeal is just the American word for porridge. But there's a sort of oaty smell and sort of taste to it, um, and a kind of a sweet finish, which I guess is the milk part of it. But yeah, it's uh, very nice. I've I've liked a lot of Sirens beers. Um, I do the um. Beer 52 monthly beer club and they I don't know if they've got a deal on with Siren but I've had about 7 or 8 of their beers over the last 2 years or so um, and I've usually been really impressed I can't think of one of their beers that I didn't like I think they had one that was damn strong but that was a uh, collaboration with another brewery um, but yeah, yeah, very good right, so um, I'm really pleased to have finished my 40th episode um I'll be honest, uh, I did not think I'd get past two. And then when I finished the first series with Todd and started this second one, I was certain I wouldn't get past two of this series. So to be doing the 19th, I'm really pleased with. Um, and I'm quite pleased that I'm starting to get a few more listeners. Um, so shout out to you guys, I guess. Um, thank you to, I assume, one person who is just pressing repeat again and again as a favour to me. Uh you are a true hero. All right. Cheers, guys. Bye.